2: All Things Chelsea, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick.
0: That is right. We're back with another midweek podcast with breaking news Antonio Conte has been fired by the club. Wait, no, I misread that. He has not
2: been fired? Well, shit, it really depends on who you believe or read at this (laughs) point, Nick, huh? It's been a crazy couple of days, (laughs) obviously. Uh, Reports yesterday that Antonio Conte was sure to be fired. Uh, Couldn't go on, that it was all over. Then reports today that... He hadn't yet been fired, Dan, and then uh, reports emerging this evening that the club is elected to let him work it out and uh, to keep things uh, afloat uh, and and try to move it in a positive direction. I don't know what to believe and it's just, uh, (laughs) it's kind of a crazy, crazy situation.
1: Yeah, it's almost like today when the Indianapolis Colts said that they had hired Josh McDaniels as their head coach. And then uh, like three hours or four hours later, uh, Adam Schefter tweets, oh, actually, joke, he's staying as the offensive coordinator in New England. So, uh, yeah, he not always believe the initial report, I think, is uh, and uh, let's all laugh at the Colts together jeez well i mean at this point uh
0: chelsea twitter is reporting everything and anything and uh just you know maybe be careful what you read it's uh it's going to be interesting obviously antonio conte giving the players uh Three days rest. Uh, I'm a big fan of this actually. I think that sometimes you just need to remove yourself from the environment, uh, a little bit of relaxation thing. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. Obviously, we'll get into everything that goes involved with that. But before we do, Dan, uh, continuing the iTunes review train.
1: Excellent work by those who have participated in dropping a little five star love on iTunes. We're actually up to two hundred fifty seven just in the US store yeah. alone, and there's forty eight in the UK store. There's eighteen in Canada. There's eight or nine in Australia, and and several onesies and twosies in other countries out the world. And you know, so that pushes us, I think, over the the three hundred mark now, if my math is uh, anywhere decent. But uh, Brent and MKE, which I believe is Milwaukee, the king it of is. Bristow, uh, Bristow uh, the game master, and Iron Manacle uh, have all dropped a little five-star love. And if you like a little early shout-out in the podcast next time we record, yeah, drop a five-star peer because uh, this performance,
2: always guaranteed. And, and Iron Man Cole is even coming with us for the Spurs match in April. So um, that's an extra special one day.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's good. I'm glad you uh, you put a little extra shine on that one.
0: Awesome. Well, before we get into the match review, um, and then as we get into your social media questions, which all revolve around Conte in Conte out, uh, Nick, obviously, plug for World Soccer Shop, our uh, very generous presenting sponsor.
2: Correct, Brandon. They are generous. And uh, to brighten everyone's day after a... A very tough uh, week in Chelsea world uh, Dan World Soccer Shop has provided uh, us three new home kits with the new signings Emerson Olivier Giroux and Ross Barkley to, uh, to give away and we're doing that in a contest aren't we
1: yeah, it's live on Twitter right now. If you go to our Twitter page, it'll be one of the uh, the top tweets, it may even be a pinned tweet, depending upon the time of the day. But you just have to uh, be following us, live in the U.S., and be eighteen years of age or older. Uh, deadline is uh, coming up on the eleventh at eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern time, because uh, I'll be pulling those responses. It'll be done randomly. And uh, you just need to tag two of your friends in the tweet response and just let us know which of the three signings is your favorite and maybe drop us a little note saying why. And, uh, you know, we've already had people tweeting at us who are also copying their Spurs friends and Arsenal friends, (laughs) which uh, is a, a... damn good way to win yourself a jersey and uh, yeah. rub some title winning love in their faces because Lord knows they haven't seen it any time in recent memory so you can do that right now, just head over to Twitter and, and thanks again to our friends at World Soccer Shop
2: Yeah, and we will, we will check in uh, we, we saw there were a couple Canadian entries that we're not sure if they would be considered, we will check in with World Soccer Shop on Canada shipping uh, for said prizes uh, and get back to you so just a quick entry there Brandon, take it away. All right, match review time. As you all
0: know, we played Watford in the Premier League. uh, Hit the road, going to Vicarage Road. It was this past Monday, February 5th. Blues 1, Hornets 4. We're going to blow through this really quick uh, and get to the the good stuff, essentially. But, uh, Dan, from a lineup perspective, a lot of new faces, a 3-4-3 formation, uh, and a subs bench that included um, almost all of our new signings, at least all the new deadline day signings.
1: Yeah, you know we had uh, our, our friend Gumby tibor Courtois between the sticks, uh, next to Captain Dave, uh, who was next to Sideshow Bob, and then uh, continuing to walk back all the way to goal, uh, back facing the goalkeeper Gary Cahill, uh, Victor Moses, uh, Bakioko gone in thirty minutes, uh, you know sixty seconds or less almost, Engolo uh, Conte next to him, Zappacosta, William and Hazard, and Pedro rounded out the top. Of it When we saw Willie C, Rudiger, Emerson, Cess Fabregas, who didn't make an appearance, Danny Drinkwater, uh, CHO, Mr. Adoy, came, uh, have a little spot on the bench there, and Olivier Giroud also had a chance to make the bench as well, and his first appearance for Chelsea.
0: Uh, Nick, it was probably, I don't know, I mean, when you look at the stats and the fact that Chelsea had 56 possession. 56% possession but Watford had 16 shots with 8 on goal to Chelsea's 5 shots and 3 on goal only 2 corner kicks versus their 6 I mean Watford saw an opportunity and really took it to Chelsea similar to what Bournemouth did and the, 30, the 30th minute red card the, the best thing that I can come up with uh, you know for this happening isn't the fact that Bakyoko can't play next match I think that's super harsh I actually think the fact that William got to go off after 30 minutes was probably the best thing for everyone in the long run he did not look up for it
2: now I mean this is uh you know we'll, we'll talk about the decision making and and what Conte can do uh, moving forward um in, in a bit but this lineup uh was full of tired players even though they had a couple extra days um uh, between matches um you know it lacked you know options you you Giroud, you know, if you if you consider the way that Conte has bedded in new signings in the past, it's usually taken him a minute um taking the new players a minute to to break into the squad. So I think it, you know, while most people thought that Giroud would start, uh, I think we were a little bit more um uh, conservative in our thinking around that and I was almost sure that Hazard was going to start up top. I mean, the squad is injured. You know, you have a bunch of injuries that we'll get into. Um, and Willie C gutted it out for, you know, Willie C, Willie N gutted it out for 30 minutes. But, again, he didn't look well. Um, Hazard put in a hero's performance, uh, really gave it his all for the, you know, chasing down balls in the 96th minute. But, it, you know, wasn't enough on his own. Uh Dan, frankly, Wafford smelled blood in the water and, and just killed us. Um, and it's unacceptable. Uh, and, you know, the team has to, to suit up and do better.
1: It, it was a abject performance. And I think if you had looked at the scoreline, and, you know, the players were wearing the different color jerseys you know, that you swapped. Uh, you would have believed that the team playing in blue or at that point yellow was Watford uh, and that the team playing in, uh, in yellow would, would have been the actual Watford. Um, it, was, it was bad. It was a bad night out. I think you know you look and see what the impact of Christensen Christensen's injury has been. Uh, David Luiz kind of settling in there, and, and you know maybe not kind of being uh, fully reacclimatized. Gary Cahill looking uh, struggling, and you know this is two matches in a row where he has been targeted by the opposition. And you know De La Feo was having a lot of fun on his Watford premiere. Um, you know, obviously has come over from Barcelona on a loan to the end of the season and just was absolutely too pacey and really, really everything you don't want an attacker to be going up against Gary Cahill. Uh, you know, he, he can continue to play, you know, play Deni pretty, pretty well when he had the chance. You know, he was definitely good at kind of holding them up. And but, you know, when you throw a little little defender with, or a little attacker with pace at Cahill, he, he's kind of continued to struggle. And Nick, I mean, should, should, we, should we talk about Akiyoko? Yeah,
2: we should. Um. <laughs> it was terrible. It was, it was uh.
1: terrible. It was, he's, had, he's had some really bad performances. Uh. And I, I think in the global view of things, we like to view things as you know, long-term, the club have made an investment, you know, that we were going to potentially see him grow as a player. Um, but he is growing in the, the wrong direction right now. What do you think who
0: scored gave him? Uh, zero. Well,
1: no, 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 no. Here's the question. Do they, they value him as a Watford player or as a Chelsea player? Because if he was viewed as a Watford oh, player, it would have been a 10. <laughs> so he was
0: a 5.1, which was higher than David wow. Luiz at a
2: 4.9. Oh, no, oh. No, no. Way. no, 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 no,
1: no. Costa was a
0: 5.8 and everyone oh. else was sixes and se- oh Courtois was five seven everyone else was sixes with Hazard being the only seven seven point nine wow
2: okay well look here. here's the deal it is very clear very clear that Timmy Bakiyoko is not right mentally or physically at this point and I think that uh, it is uh, you know it it if he is if he is this way in training which i just assume that the players who show up on the pitch on match day are the same players who show up in training every week i don't i don't think you would ever have a player who's just balling outrageous in training come to the match and, and put in a performance like backeyoko did um so that's just that's the way i think about it whether that's right or wrong you can judge me i don't really care but that's the way i think about it and if Antonio Conte is seeing that abject performance in training, he has no place in this team. No place. Danny Drinkwater should have started. Easy done. That's a like for like player. He's on the bench already. Um, you know. It, it, you know. Or Fabregas is there too. And you know, we we had to bring him on due to injuries and substitutions and, and such. But that that to me, if if Bakayoko is this player in training. It's absurd to me that Antonio Conte would put him on the pitch. Now, Antonio Conte put him on the pitch, and his performance, Brandon, was so bad. It might be the worst performance of the season by a player in the Premier League. It was so comically uh, bad.
1: Uh, do, do, I mean,
2: Gary Cahill, first game of the season, probably still is, still is up there. Uh, you know what? I, here's the thing. Maybe. And like, let's dispute it. Maybe we'll put this out to our, our listeners comment with the worst Chelsea performance of the season. Uh, <laughs> Singular
1: match performance by a yeah. player in a Chelsea shirt in yeah. the current
2: Premier League season. Let's have some fun with this, you know, send in your comments at London blue pod. Let's just get it done. But like he was passing the, before the yellow cards, he was passing the ball to Watford players in areas of danger he was not able to control his touch at all. And the ball sprayed out from his feet. He looked like it was schoolboy stuff, Dan. It was schoolboy stuff. Like this is a guy who who came to Chelsea with all this reputation, physicality, touch, grace, you know, was going to be our next Essien and, and very well still could, by the way, like, let's not, let's not kill the guy too much, but like, Man, that was bad, and it, it, for me, I think goes down as the worst performance of the season. Well, it
0: wasn't good, and then our friend Newman, who has the YouTube channel that does a lot of the uh, match reviews, essentially, like the match analysis. Um, he put out another one and just said, like, yeah, Bakioko did not have a good day. Here's why. And, I mean, his first touch was poor. Uh, his passes were not going to the intended targets. It just it, it was really, really poor, unfortunately, for the guy. And, you, you know, it, even if, let's say, he hadn't got sent off, he really should have been subbed at halftime regardless by Conte because you can't leave someone out there. And, you know, I was thinking to last season, we had Nemanja Matic playing that role. bakioko was supposed to come in to be a like-for-like replacement, <laughs> hasn't done it. So I wonder what Drinkwater can do. Obviously, he's been battling with health issues, you know, this season. But you you have to think that he wouldn't be that bad. And my biggest concern is the amount of extra workload and pressure it's putting on N'Golo Kante, who's having to clean up a lot of messes, and he can't really... Be at his best because he's having to, you know, take care of two people's job. So, you know, when it comes to Bakioko, it is it sucks? It is not good. It's not pretty, and we'll have to see if he gets back in. I mean, because Antonio Conte has to put someone else in. He put Fabregas in for this match, thinking that we could be a little bit more attacking and go at Watford, uh, which was fine for the most part. But obviously, the last ten minutes com- completely fell on our faces. Absolutely ran out of gas. There's no, you know, I, so I want to put this, do you guys, people are saying there's no fight left in the team. I think they literally had no energy. Like they were absolutely ran rugged playing down a man for 60 minutes. is so hard at this level.
1: All right. before before we pivot to that, I, I think there's, there's two important things to call out from the back Yoko uh, in, incident. Uh, one being that, you know, I think, uh, you know, some of our, you know, kind of fans or supporters were, were giving a lot of stick and, and booing him as he left the pitch and, like you can be frustrated or upset and like obviously you pay for a ticket, like you do what you want. Probably doesn't help anymore. Like just yeah. the just thought. Uh, secondly, um, for those who decide to, you know, after these type of matches, go and target, you know, a player on their, their social media profiles and to start using, you know, probably the, the worst, one of the worst words in the English language uh, to refer to him probably also not helping the situation uh so if that's you or you know a person like that maybe that's the moment where we kind of need to look to the person left of us be like seriously man like it, at the end of the day it is a game it is it is a sport you know it is a, ingrained as a part of our life nick but ultimately like there there's also a, a tapping out point too where yeah there are certain boundaries that shouldn't be crossed and It's, you know, just really kind of sad and unfortunate and like I don't that's not who I think our listeners are But you know, we probably know through individuals friends of friends of friends who may be the individual who kind of behind this And we you know, we all need to be better about standing up and saying hey, no, that's not okay
2: Yeah, I would agree if you're one of these people fuck off uh, forever Um, and and genuinely I don't care come at me um you're you're just despicable and i would say this you know an easy way to get these people uh off of social media is to report them for abuse um and luckily twitter has that function kind of built in uh you know we we can be frustrated and we are and luckily we've built ourselves a platform to talk about it um and, and to to vent a little bit after matches But uh, abusing players, abusing players' families, abusing their agents, all this kind of stuff, tweeting at the club, blah, blah, blah. You guys have, like, that select group of people, that small vocal minority needs to fuck off. Um, And I, I genuinely, I know that our listeners are not a part of this, but if you see these people on social media, report them, block them. You know, it's just we, we can't deal with this anymore, guys. Like it has to be the the level of conversation has to be higher than to go to Twitter um, like a little you know what and tweet at a player um, and tell them how terrible they are. Use a racial epithet like it's just unacceptable. So stop it.
0: I think that, you know, the biggest problem is I couldn't imagine doing my job in front of millions of people on a weekly basis.
2: God, no.
0: Right? Be horrible. All of oh. your all of your mistakes and errors uh, are amplified. And then you add on top of that the fact that us as fans are very passionate. And a lot of people put their happiness on the team and kind of their if your team is great, that makes you a more confident person. And there's all these things that go into it. But like these are humans, uh, just be, you know, they have achieved, they are essentially, you know, the top 5% in the world at what they do. A lot of us can only dream of achieving being the top 5% of our field. And, and that doesn't mean that we can't, you know, remind, you know, let them know our feelings and how we feel about the performance, but you have to keep it in perspective that, uh, you know, Acting that way is totally unacceptable, uh, just as it would be if you went after, you know, essentially a CEO or a VP, um, you know, of a, of a media company, of a radio station, you know, whatever the, you know, insert job title here is, it's the exact same thing. We've seen people get fired for the way they've acted on Twitter and social media before as well, because it's unacceptable. So um, I guess maybe do this the, the right thing as fans and, and kind of continue to, to slag that stuff stuff off and I think the 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 we are shed Twitter account sums it up so well every single match they talked about how the away fans at this match didn't you know shut up shop and didn't leave early they out the home fans from the very first minute of the match they started singing Antonio's name letting the club know how they feel and I think that we can all take a page out of the book because those um, you know the Chelsea fans that go home and away or die hard uh, and they and they, they said they stand by the team through ups and downs because they know there's going to be another match and there's going to be another chance to pick up points so again I like Dan's comment as well about per perspective um, but but transitioning off of that my question then is um, Do you think that the players gave up the last 10 minutes or is it a matter of they ran out of gas? I'm on the team ran out of gas uh, from having to play down a man for 60 minutes and chasing this game, but uh, Dan um, What were you thinking on that?
1: I think Hazard doesn't score the, the goal if, you know, we're not playing and the players aren't in it until the end of the match. So, uh, you know, I, I think they're tired. I think that, that's evident. I mean, the fact that Alonso got a full match off because we are able to put Zappa Costa and Moses out with Emerson on the bench, I mean, think tells you everything you need to know about, you know, where the rotation or lack thereof up until this point in the season has has put our players in. And I think mean, Nick, that that's a scary from a standpoint of knowing what's coming on the horizon uh, beyond West Brom. But with a you know two games against both the Manchester clubs and then uh, a two leg matchup against Barcelona uh, with a club in the form which it is right now, like that does not fill me with lots of confidence.
2: Nope, uh, I would agree with your assessment though. I don't. I don't think. Uh, the equalizer would have come if the if the team gave up. You can talk all you want about, uh, you know, did they play the right way? Did they, did they attack enough? Were they able to complete simple passes? On and on and on. I think you have a fair point there, but I don't think they gave up. When Hazard scored that goal, they picked the ball out of the net and put it back on the center spot like they wanted to go win this damn thing. Uh, and then, unfortunately, uh, the... Yeah, and the, the comedy of errors that ensued with the three goals after that were uh, were uh, there to behold. So uh, it didn't really work out like that, but uh, they didn't give up. Um, there was a lot uh, a lot of fight. But I agree, you know, I think we have to be realistic. Like we we as a show we have prided ourselves on being realistic, and uh, we you know don't uh, get too high. We don't get too low. And I would say this, uh, being realistic, we are going to uh, be out of the Champions League pretty quick. And if we don't get our act together, it could be out of the FA Cup um, in due course as well. And I think that uh, we'll get into some of the, the club organization and Conte stuff later, like I've said. But uh, the, the horizon, the top four, the FA Cup, the Champions League, uh, this team needs to get its collective bleep together. Um and quickly because uh, the the fixtures are not going to be forgiving.
0: They are going to only get worse as we've talked about the the United double and Barcelona uh, with Crystal Palace sprinkled in there just for a little bit of fun. Um, I guess my you know my thing is just picking out a couple goals before we just wrap this up because we have way bigger things to to talk about. Is you know I thought the the penalty on Courtois he's adamant that that's not. Uh, a penalty essentially he pulled out De La Feo had like pushed the ball away from goal it was going out of bounds but there is you know some contact I, I, there's a lot obviously the day before was the Liverpool Tottenham match um there was two
2: highly <laughs> debated penalty calls um that was- what a clown show that was. My God, by the way, that was terrible.
0: I mean, it was the Premier League's attempt to steal uh, eyeballs from the Super Bowl because they know a normal <laughs> game wouldn't have done it. Uh, but I think that, you know, I don't know. I guess when you look at that goal, otherwise, even at 10 on 11, it was somewhat in the balance, right? Like Chelsea still outpossessed Watford down a man. But then you see it at the end of the match is Chelsea are going for a little spread out. 84th, 88th, 91st minute is when the goals come flying in. Um, you know, I, it's it's hard to <clears throat> it's hard to fault the team for trying and in, in chasing the match. But you know, I'm a little worried, Dan, about some of the lineup decisions that Conte has put out there. Uh, Cahill seems to not be the Cahill of last season, but the Cahill of two seasons ago. Um, I thought David Luiz did a really good job of stepping up and especially late in the match You know, he created that chance for and hazard um, Moses has been a shadow of himself of last season. Zapata, I love the mustache. I just don't think he's good enough. Like it, it's nothing personal. <laughs> I just, I just generally don't think he is at the level that Chelsea need. Uh, and then Pedro and William offering next to nothing, which sucks because Pedro had a great season the last season. Um, you know, so from my standpoint, I think Courtois, Aspilicueta, N'Golo Conte, and Ed Hazard are continuing to be standout players in this team. But there's a lot of gaps in and around them and so what do you think that like a Rudiger should be getting in? A drink Drinkwater, Fabregas, um, different players. Or is, you know, I guess why is Conte continuing to stick with some of these guys? He benched Terry last season. It's not like he's afraid to sit his captain if there's better people available.
1: I, I just see, you know, when you look at that bench, you know, Rudiger is the only other defender on there. And, you know, you, you could argue that he should have started. I think it's also a little bit of, preparing for if there is another injury, you know, if Christensen ends up being out and then, you know, a Cahill or an Aspilicueta or even a Louise gets injured, you know, Rudiger could set in either to the left or right-hand side and, and God help us, Gary Cahill could go centrally. But I think that maybe that's where that part of the lineup decision came from, Nick. Like that's the only way I can, I can rationalize, the defensive lineup in this match.
2: Yeah, uh, to to Brandon's point, um, lineup decisions are a major part in Antonio Conte's role at Chelsea. And uh, I think that he has a lot of soul searching to do um, on this team. You know, there's uh, a report that the players have three days off between the, you know, the end of this match and uh, and the West Brom match next Monday. Uh, so hopefully that gives a bit of a mental break and a physical uh, period of rest. But I think that, you know, Brandon's assessment of, of this lineup is dead on. Like a lot of players just weren't good enough and haven't been good enough for a majority of the season. Uh, you know, and I think that Antonio has to look at, bench players. He has to look at youth players. He has to look at the new signings that came in and, and, you know, do an assessment. And, you know, I know that he does this in training every single week, so I'm not telling him how to do his job. Obviously the dude's way better, um, than that, but, you know, I, you know, it would not shock me to see a lot of rotation come in, um, to hopefully ignite some sort of competition between these players, because what's clear to me uh, as I watch this and as I've watched sports for all of my natural born life, is that when players have a reason to be motivated, they usually play better. Um, you know, if, if Alvaro Morata and Olivier Giroud are really, really, really battling for that starting striker spot, then you know what? I, I would guess that these players are going to play better. Um, And and fight for it a bit more, you know, Eden Hazard doesn't have a peer on this team He doesn't he doesn't have one single peer on this team. Isn't that concerning? You know, it's very it's very concerning But this is what I'm saying is he still showed up yesterday um, And did it because it was it, you know, that's what he's capable of doing and Golikante doesn't have a peer on this team Uh, Thibaut Courtois Kind of has a peer, but I mean, let's be honest, you know, given both he and Willie C are, are healthy, Willie C is never getting the start, you know, and and Dave doesn't have a peer on this team. So I, I would say, you know, look, there are a lot of players who have to go figure it the hell out. Um, and, and Zappa Costa, Moses, Cahill, for God's sake, I, I love this man. And I, I truly do love Cahill. He has been horrible lately. He even admitted this in the press. Uh, I think that he's probably going to watch a couple matches here in the future because he's given up some ridiculous goals. There is a ton of soul-searching, Brandon, and I hope that they get it right. I mean, we don't
0: have a choice. It uh, can't get any worse than where we're at, obviously. Um, but uh, I, Six crucial points dropped Yeah, here. Six. And that kind of—that's brutal. That kind of sets up to where I want to go. Essentially, is um, if there are no other thoughts or comments on this, uh, going once, going twice. Uh, no, we, we can put this one to bed. All right,
1: it, it's, it's, we're, we're done.
0: We're living this match. So you—you you might be confused if if you're on social media that Chelsea are uh, in relegation zone, um, but let me let me <laughs> surprise you that they are actually in fourth, which is a Champions League spot. I also understand that there are still 12 matches to go this season. Uh, Chelsea on 50 points are one point away from Tottenham in fifth, who are on 49. Uh, And they're also one point away from Liverpool, who are in third. And they're six points away from United, who are in second. And who knows where Man City are atop the ladder, um, running as they will continue to run away with it. But I think that that's the perspective. While Spurs have quietly gotten themselves back into the top four race, and maybe even Arsenal, even though, look, you beat a terrible Everton team, and you think you're going to win the league. Like, pump the brakes, Arsenal. You still can't defend. Um, They're only five points away. So, all things kind of in consideration. uh, That's where Chelsea stand. It isn't the end of the world, but it is Chelsea. And anytime the top four... Is in jeopardy. Uh, changes must be made. And that is exactly what we're going to talk about, not to be too cheesy, uh, but it will be here in a second in part two. Um, we're going to essentially discuss our poll question of Conte in or Conte out. Uh, but before that, real quick, uh, Dan. XL Tours trip sign up is still live. We've had more and more people they are coming to the party uh, and there are still plenty of spots for people to come to London and watch the Tottenham match with us as well. Hopefully
1: to watch Antonio
0: Conte celebrate another victory at the bridge.
1: And at that point, we know that Brandon will be uh, recovered from his cold, which we are looking forward to. <laughs> but but you know, we uh, definitely guarantee a wonderful time with our friends at XL Tours and uh, with the three of us and, you know, it's, uh, Chelsea supporters. You know, uh, Nick, we, we've gone over a couple of times now. we had a chance to see matches. We do a live podcast with our friends at Chelsea Fancast. We get a chance to taking a match to enjoy some of the sights of London and, you know, everything from your car ride or transport from the airport to the hotel right at Sanford bridge, uh, breakfast included with the trip, uh, every day. Like that, that's, you know, it, it's a, it's a five-star experience.
2: It is truly. Uh, so a couple of things to add to this, uh, the payment plan, uh, if you are, if you're interested in kind of chopping up the, uh, the amount that it would take to get, uh, get over there, uh, that is available to be, uh, set with the XL tours team, uh, through the end of basically the end of March. So as soon as, as soon as you arrive, you can make your last payment. So that kind of helps if, you know, you you know, we want to be considerate of people's cash for sure. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's about seven weeks away. So, Start thinking about it. Please ask us questions. Please DM us. Please email us. Contact at londonisbluepodcast.com. You know, no question is stupid. We've been there. Uh, This will be our third time going. We are so, so excited. Uh, And to uh, hopefully, you know, if you think about the top four that Brandon just mentioned, uh, see Chelsea beat Spurs again at Stanford Bridge. Uh, this could be a really cool way to have an upper after a, a week of downers. So uh, please let us know if you have any questions on to part two. All right. I mean, this is the the big
0: headline of the podcast. Uh, obviously, what um, we're going to focus a large majority of the rest of this podcast on is the Conte in or Conte out poll question that we did. Um, Dan? Dan? instead of a, a man of the match poll which we felt was wildly inappropriate for that match <laughs> we felt
2: <laughs> even though, though Dan even though Dan tried
1: <laughs> well it, it, you know so, so sometimes we do you know we we try to have fun and we try to have a little bit of levity in in those moments and uh, yeah you know there there was uh, it will never be run but we did a man of the match poll in our thread in our group text and it essentially was a Watford man, the match poll that had uh, uh, Pereira, um, Harry the Hornet, De Felu, uh, and Bakayoko, <laughs> which uh, is uh, is really I'm really glad we made a good group decision there to not run that one. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's probably for the best.
1: Yeah, so we did have a, a Conte and Conte out are just bummed. Fifty two percent of seven hundred thirty votes in twenty three percent. Out And then 25% who couldn't even make a decision one way or the other, they were just sad. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how it shook out. Brandon, obviously,
0: uh, pretty overwhelming, uh, with the Conte in a lot of people just, I think, you know, it's nice that you can self-diagnose and be like, look, I would probably say something irrational, but honestly I'm just upset over the match so that was nice to see like good for good for the twenty five percent of you that uh, refrained from making an in the moment decision you might regret later uh, but you know I, I think that I- as we look at some different ones at the real g underscore 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 says the best manager on the planet give him time. Uh, At blood for game says our players failed us, but Conte's tactics have been failing us for a while How many times do we have to fail to play it out from the back? Uh, I mean Nick You've obviously talked about that as well, but I think it's an interesting kind of perspective that um, It's not just Conte It's not just the players. It is literally a mix of both of the parties failing to to live up to the expectations that they set from last season
2: yeah, I, look, and and I would add in the board. Um, everybody at Chelsea Football Club, if you believe in team sports, is accountable for the results that the team achieves. Now, certainly, Antonio Conte is responsible for, you know, the success on the field and the style of play and the tactics and the team selection, all of these things. Like, I I'm not, I'm not shifting the blame away from him. Uh, but just as we did two years ago when Mourinho left and we were, you know, upset. I remember recording that episode like it was yesterday. Um, the players have to, have to, have to own uh, this abysmal run of form that they've been on as a, as a unit. Um, and so, and I think the board has to own Some late game decision making, some not getting targets, uh, you know, prioritizing things differently than than maybe uh, Antonio thought was was going to happen. So my my assessment of this is as such. Antonio uh, has not had the trademark sparkle uh, that he did last year, this year. That's obvious. Uh, I do not doubt his work ethic for a second. Uh, I, w- I would not even dare challenge that man. I've stood next to him. He's intense. Uh, I, would, I would never even think about challenging that. But I think he has to do something different. He has to look inside and figure out, you know, if, if he wants to be here. And if he does, then what he has to do differently. The players have to own their, their own fate. And outside of the of the untouchables that we all know, uh, there are a lot of players who could be easily not at Chelsea next year if they keep putting performances in like they happen. So there's your motivation. And I think the board and the and the rest of the club and all the auxiliary staff, you know, have to get a, a plan together. Dan, like this club is too big. Uh, on the surface, it appears that there is a l- distinct lack of strategy. And I hope that this new chief executive officer is in to help create this plan and to uh, bring in people to help him run his idea, ideal version of this plan. But there, those are the th- it's a triumvirate of bullshit right now. And uh, it, it I want to hear your perspective, obviously, but that's just my my take on it.
1: Well, there, there certainly is a lot to unpack there and uh, we'll try to do our, our best. Uh, ultimately, uh, so I, I think you made a couple points, right? You made the point that, you know, we, we have to figure out what the plan is. And, you know, I think at least from a, a player acquisition standpoint, which I, I think here, here's the biggest problem, you know, if we want Conte in, right. Like, and, and I think all of us, this podcast do, we love to see Antonio Conte, you know, continue to be in you know, our manager here. Um, he needs um very very talented uh top caliber players and you know which is what he was afforded at Juventus um for what extent obviously Juventus's buyability isn't you know necessarily as big as as Chelsea's or you know sometimes harder to draw players to that you know they go you know younger with a few but at the most point they're they're going with established players so uh, i think the the challenge is there is that it is an ideal uh which is not where the board wants to be. The board wants to, you know, uh promote youth players, uh, you know, they would love to see, you know, Hudson Adore graduate in. Um, you know, they love the fact that, you know, Christensen is getting a chance to to start and play a meaningful time and has established himself as a first name on the team sheet, uh, as long as he's healthy. Uh they want to have a couple uh Star, star, star players uh, because star players yeah, command a huge wage. You think about you know, you know we balk at the idea of like I can't believe we didn't sign Alexis Sanchez. Well, Alexis Sanchez wanted two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand, you know, three hundred fifty thousand, four hundred thousand a week, and Chelsea were never going to be able to offer that type of wage package. So you know that that's going to go to then Hazard, the Thibaut Courtois, and and maybe you know one. Other player could kind of command an amount in that realm, and, and that's going to mean that we can't have, uh, like, on a FIFA Ultimate Team, you know, the an Mbappe, you know, pop on there, a Neymar, uh, you know, that's never going to be the team that Chelsea will be at any point, given the way it's run today. So, if that's your your dream, your aspiration, uh, you you should go support uh, Manchester City right now, um, because that, that that's that's not in our future. So th- we have. A philosophy of the club and a manager that are a little incompatible with one another, and that's where we we it's kind of come to a head now, Brandon, and we're we're left as fans to kind of wonder how do how do mom and dad make up, and is there reconciliation? And in this scenario, like I I I don't think everyone is culpable. (laughs) This is, this is a, a terrible public divorce that we get to watch um, and people get to prod and poke into every day, uh, and it's going to make it really, really terrible as a, as a part of the narrative to the end of the season. It's, yeah,
0: I, you know, I, it, it's kind of confusing. You know, Conte got to essentially name his own terms when he came to Chelsea. <laughs> we we're uh, not in a great spot. And it's, it just blows my mind sometimes that like, um, you know, Chelsea go after these big time managers as Conte was, is, and will be. And it just doesn't, you know, after a year of success, it the terms change, the club changes the terms and it, you know, <coughs> someone delivers you a title without any real signings, you know, I think that that's. Well, I mean, Angola Conte came in, so that's impressive. Obviously, David Luiz, and we didn't know we were getting an Alonzo. But it's just overall to me, right? It's just the, the fact that, you know, wh- why what happened last season didn't happen this season? Like, why why did it change? Why do we have to hear about the, the board signing players that, you know, aren't Conte's first choice, but they're maybe his second, or they're close to it. And the other thing that's really started to drive me up a freaking wall is the amount of injured players Chelsea are signing. I don't know if this is just a strategy to get good players on the cheap, but you know the fact that you know. Drink water. Barely even featured the first half of the season. Uh, now, you know Murata had to get back healthy. Bakayoko started the season not at hundred percent. I mean, it just that—that's the most frustrating thing for me. You sign players, and the manager can't even use them.
2: You know, and now like Giroux, Giroud, and Emerson were both coming off of injuries. Uh, Barkley and barely played. Yeah, Barkley. I this—that's seven players that you just listed to support your point. That's nuts, dude. And those are all new players.
0: And then another point to me is that, um, you know, times are a changing at Chelsea. Uh, It's not an austerity club, but I think you're really seeing how far ahead financially the Manchester clubs are and other teams in Europe. Um, Obviously, Abramovich has realized it and they are making changes to to be better equipped financially in Europe uh, with obviously the new stadium. But also, if you haven't been paying attention to the essentially the front signings, uh, you know, they have brought in two new executives whose sole background is on generating revenue through sponsorships and agreements between companies and brand partnerships and whatnot. And that's what Chelsea are going to do. Now, unfortunately, they don't show up day one, snap their fingers and bring in a cool hundred million, but it'll come. So I think that we're in a, another state of flux. And if Conte were to leave Um, the the club, I think need to be really upfront with the next manager, whoever it is, or if you can survive the season with Conte, like lay it out there and say, these are our plans. This is where it's going to come from. This is how we're going to be able to give you the players that you need to be successful. Even if it hasn't had the season, you can essentially wipe your hands of it, shake hands, uh, and move on. But right now, if the club are continuing to expect Conte to turn wine in or turn water into wine at this point. I don't see it. Like I said, there's too many guys with not enough competition uh, for their spots. Remember Lampard's comments about from uh, when Ballack joined? It made him raise his game even bigger. And that's what you want from Chelsea players. But, you know, unfortunately, Hazard is the only one again this season that is trying to pull the team above and beyond what their playing potential is. I know, Nick, we talked about last week, you know, Conte is saying um, this is the best that this team can be. Um. I, I again, we don't agree with that, but man, these this team is putting in a lot of six and seven performances this season.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that, and and I think you make I think you make some good points. You know, I think it all starts like uh, I work, I work at, probably unsurprisingly the most. I work in an advertising agency, and when we look at any sort of brand problem, you know, we really start. Uh, at the top of the funnel, big picture: Who are you as a brand? What do you stand for? Blah 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 blah. All the way down to the minute details. Um, and so, the the you know, if we're going to use that same model here, Dan, it would be: Who is this club? What is the official direction of the club? What philosophy is this club um, settling into or, or, or uh, making for itself? And then you can go and find. Uh, a, an array of talent from, uh, from auxiliary staff to players to uh, anything to, to match that philosophy. But this club has been uh, between philosophies, I will say, not absent of a philosophy for a really, really, really long time. And uh, when you flip back and forth between spending a lot and not spending a lot and spending a lot and not spending a lot um, and, and different wage packages and different managers uh, you know these sorts of things happen. It's uncomfortable. the The, the manager, uh, it, it first of all is, is uh, not even a manager. He's a first team coach. Um, I think we all have to remember that. Uh, you know, we we've heard rumors in the press that um, Boletti might be coming back as as potential director of football. You know, to replace Emanolo and take on some. Uh, different responsibilities than Emanolo had so that would be a positive thing more, more former players in the club there, there is a bunch of things that need to be figured out and, and pronounced if not to us the fans to the manager uh, about where this club is heading and like Dan has said previously if those two things are incompatible whether it's you know next week or at the end of the season then you know then there are some decisions to be made but in the meantime, for the sake of us on this podcast and for all of our uh, fans out there and for all of Chelsea Football Club's fans, I sure should hope that they get it together. Um, because there is talent on this team. And it would be a shame to me to watch a Champions League run end in complete 14 0 disgrace. Um, that's currently the form that we're rolling into Barcelona with. And. If 14-0 happens, uh, you know, I, I and mean, I'm not saying it will, but on our current form with our current performances, uh, then, you know, the club has uh, a, a look in the mirror to do as a whole because there's no way that should happen.
0: Uh, Dan, can I give you a, a little bit of a sampler platter of some of the responses we got? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Oh, uh, uh, this is, does not sound as good as like a fancy charcuterie board or something. Oh, no. This is no, not, no, 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 no. Doesn't sound tasty. No, we're Applebee's, this is buddy. Much
2: worse. <laughs> we're Applebee's. <laughs> no, I.
1: Oh,
0: some dingers. Look, I, no, oh, and I man. don't mean to put down our Twitter followers. Um, I just want to highlight. I think you know the the spectrum of where Chelsea fans are at. So, uh, at TW Ben May says he's given up talking about Conte. There's no passion today whatsoever. No ideas. Nothing. Best for both parties to go our own ways. at B underscore Millie saying I'm bummed but he's gone the board won't accept these types of performances any longer wish he could stay but I don't see how the board would let him stay and then we start to evolve a little bit here uh, where we we're hearing from at meringue Joey saying I've learned to never get attached to a manager at this club Conte in for me but it won't matter Roman's gonna Roman would rather support a team that has a four-year manager with a project instead of a stopgap every other season Uh, at real a Foha says he has done absolutely nothing to stable the sinking ship playing Baki Yoko, who should not even be a professional player. Same oh stale God. tactics. We are looking horrible against a relegation contender. Am I overreacting or being logical? I, I'll let the listener determine that. Uh, then two more at J. Michael Heal saying, gotta say I'm not a Conte out man, but the team performances are spiraling out of control. In a season where we have to convince Hazard and Courtois to stick around, do we think this is likely how things are looking? Uh, Love Conte of last season, not this season. Hashtag sorry. And then the last one, at thoughts says, Hashtag Conte out. I think a bag of Doritos could do a better job. Hell, I'd take Benitez over this farce, <laughs> but if you want a real list, sorry, Lopetegu, Nagelsmann, Howe, Garcia. I quite like Wagner, but I think he's probably too green. Obviously, these are summer replacements. There's a full spectrum there, Dan. I mean, you got you got a little bit of everything in there.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like the sta- stages of grief, just kind of outlay <laughs> through through Twitter. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, it, it's it, we, you know, we talk about sport not being everything. Right. But, but to a certain point, you know, it, it is right. It helps occupy our, our days and our times. And, you know, we prescribe meaning from it. And ultimately it, it, this is a terrible situation. It sucks. I don't think any of us feel like we're going to see Antonio Conte on the sidelines in the technical area for Chelsea next season and so this, this march to an end, uh, you know, the, to the awareness of existence and the, the mortality of Antonio Conte's career at Chelsea is very evident right now. And I think that level of, of heightened concern um, is really high. I, I think now you're also having to kind of weigh then in this idea that, as Nick was highlighting earlier, that, you know, Chelsea are on the brink of potentially bouncing on the Champions League, Um, or are contending for top four, which is getting uh, tighter and tighter with every match that we drop points. And I think there's a willingness probably at the club to say, you know what, like this is a manager who did a lot for us. We can be patient uh, till the end of the season uh, and not be overly harsh. But uh, I would be very shocked if trend continues to not see uh, a different face on the sideline for the remainder of the season if uh, this becomes tighter, and that's where I think beyond the manager, beyond the players, um, you think you know, if 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 Conte wants to help Chelsea get into a real austerity program, boy oh boy, get us knocked out of top four because uh, that Champions League revenue losing it again would be very uh, very significant hit, and uh, man. We really get an opportunity to play some youth next season, though Nick. So, uh, yeah,
2: yep. be, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I would. I would quickly say to um, uh, there. There is a wide aware. I, I know that this is an emotionally charged time. I get it. Everyone knows that I'm very pro Conte. I. I think he's fantastic and. Most of the guests that we've had on our show think the same. Um, that doesn't mean that we're the only opinions that count. It just means that, you know, that's how we feel. Um, and even in the in the face of yesterday, uh, you know, I think you can blame him for the tactics and the team selection. You probably can't blame him for the performances on the pitch, and you probably can't blame him uh, for every misplaced pass. So, you know, think about Conte uh, in a way that you can actually assign blame to his tasks and responsibilities. Um, and, you know, I think the players have to take the rest. So that would be that'd be how I think about it. Uh, Brandon, question. Who would come to Chelsea if, and we hope this isn't the case, Antonio Conte is sacked? Hitting. Ugh. mid-season. Uh, you no, know, I mean, uh, like, I don't
0: think that, like, uh, like an Eddie Howe or, or, you know, Morris, you know, some of these guys are going to get a chance. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to put one of Antonio Conte's assistants in, and we don't have, <coughs> we don't have, like, a club coach in there, essentially. So, I don't... I, <laughs> I think that, like, right now, the only coach that's really available is uh, Luis Enrique. And it sounds like he's made it known that he's not interested in any, any jobs midseason. And then Carlo Ancelotti. And I, there's no way the club goes back to that. Um, you know, <sighs> Joe Edwards getting promoted from the youth team up? I, you know, maybe. I don't know. But I, I think that – I don't know. I just – part of it is I haven't thought about because I don't want to. But I – I just there's no there's no good options midseason the only way you can kind of preserve a season that's spying out of control is to change the manager and give the players a bit of a fresh kind of perspective but again I, I don't know what you would do we don't have Di Matteo to come in and win the Champions League this season
2: well so here, here's how I'd phrase this and I want to hear Dan's perspective too if Antonio Conte is sacked and again no one wants that on this show uh, the goal would be to stabilize and get top four. Like that—that's the only goal. If you fire him now, it, you gave up on the FA Cup, you gave up in the Champions League, uh, and your only objective is to sneak into the top four and, and play in the Champions League next year and, and give it another goal. So that—that uh, that is what the club is saying if they do that. Um, because you know, look, I mean, just being realistic about it. I don't think that there is a legitimate contender to come in and replace him. And if you, if you are a person who is firmly Conte out, the question I would pose to you is who are we Chelsea? Who are Chelsea going to get that is better than him? Because I think that list is almost non existent. And you can talk to me about Luis Enrique and his treble winning season at Barcelona. Fine. Okay. You know, it's it must be really hard to win with the best player in the world uh, all the time. So cool. Uh, you can talk to me about Carlo Ancelotti, who I think, it, you know, is a lovely man and a lovely coach. But past it, um, past his best, maybe, um, especially as you look at what he did with Bayern Munich. Uh, you can talk to me about Tuchel from from Dortmund. Uh, who's a bit of a, a crazy person and you know he would play the youth at least so maybe that's a thing the, the candidates are not really there and I think the reason the club have elected not to sack him as of Tuesday evening recording time at 8 central is that finding an option is not that easy and you know, bringing in a youth team coach or or someone of a lower caliber doesn't guarantee you Champions League. So that's the conundrum you're up against, Dan. Good luck.
1: Man, Nick, making it easy on me again. All right. <laughs> um, so you look at the fact that there, there are 12 Premier League matches left in this season. Um, and incredibly enough, Man City will probably win all of them. Um so, uh, yay, congratulations, uh, Premier League champions, Manchester City. But, <laughs> I mean, so we play City once, we play United once, we play Liverpool, we play Spurs. So, if we're talking about teams kind of in and around that top six, uh, we include ourselves in them. Um, yeah, th- there's four teams of that inkling that we have to worry about. And uh, those are the ones you, you want to manufacture at least a draw against, right? Uh, beyond that, there are eight games against teams anywhere from almost certainly going to be relegated to mid-table that we should be able to pick up maximum points. And, like, this is, this is a math equation at this point now. Like, we have to hope that Tottenham and Arsenal help and Liverpool will help do some of the job for us, uh, and maybe even United. Um, we would want, at this point, uh, Manchester City to, with the remaining games that they have, uh, beat uh, opposition and uh, especially our top four rivals and take away maximum points from them as well to help us out. Uh, we want draws against uh, top teams like Liverpool and Spurs the other day. Like, you know, we want a little bit of luck to start to break our way here. And uh, it doesn't happen with a penalty call, so maybe it can happen with these matches uh, of other teams. But, I mean, for those, like, you know, jokingly, you know, trying to ring up the hitting phone, like it's a red phone in Roman Abramovich's lair he just picks up when the, the city's in trouble. Um, not forget, like, he did not have as good a run the last time he came in as he did the first time. That it, it was miserable. It was... If you don't remember the fact that there were 11 draws, 11 terrible draws, um, and some of the, the least kind of attacking football we've seen. And again, it was a horrible, horrible season, and he was starting from a really bad place, and getting a draw on some points was better than a win. Um, that That is not where the club is at right now. And I think ultimately this is one of those moments where you put blinders on and we're just get through the get through the last 12, get a top four, get out, wash your hands of each other, say thank you for the, the memories, and, and move forward. And, again, it sucks to be kind of in this position saying that because that means that this ended really, really poorly, ended prematurely, and, and we couldn't reconcile the differences. But uh, I don't think you go out and find a replacement for 12 matches that, you know, is going to be able to come in and think about the other facts that, you know, we're not really talking a lot about is what had happened with other managers as we've kind of continued to change and change is Chelsea gave very little flexibility within the amount of rotation in first team management. Uh, I'm not talking just the, the overall manager, but I'm talking about uh, first team fitness coaches, um, goalkeeping coaches, um, you know, player analysis, um, assistant, nutritionist, all of that, there are so many of Conte's men in this squad that to remove him and then to also potentially remove them from the equation would potentially do more damage than playing Bakyoko for another 90 minutes for 12 more games this season. And like, yeah, it's crazy if you think about it in in that moment and say, wow, yeah, actually, right. And there are a lot of people that we'd be pulling out. Um, So it's not a good situation. So um, we are going to have to uh, suffer, as Antonio Conte would say. Nick, we are going to suffer without the ball. And we are going to watch this happen, knowing that we have no ability to change it. And we're going to to work and work to control our emotion and frustration and anger and uh, work towards uh, getting to the end of this season.
2: Yep. Intact uh, as a fan base. Yeah, exactly, and and I think that's the final point on this is, uh, we we said this a lot during uh, the fifteen sixteen season, and I, I think it, it still holds a lot of relevance. Um, Ninety minutes of football is a great way to ruin an amazing day out. Stick with the club. Stick with your uh, with your family and your friends and. Uh, you know, all of your supporters' groups at the pubs have some fun, laugh at the situation. You know, it's it is kind of funny uh, in a way. You know, I, I do think that we as as Americans struggle with our sports teams not performing at a high level. I know I do, um, but there is a, a certain British sensibility about this where you just have to to pick up and go again and. I would encourage everyone that is listening to this, uh, to do that. Um, this club will be here next year. It will be here the the year after. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of great people in place who help keep this thing going and, and give us all a chance to, uh, yell and scream and, and, and on the other side, wax poetic about a football club. So just enjoy the time, uh, even, even in a match like this where, Stuff isn't great um, because, you know, in, in the large grand scheme of shit, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, I, w- I would encourage you to do that because it is, it's difficult to feel like this. I know. Just be cool about it. Don't, don't yell at each other. Don't use bullshit on Twitter. Just do better.
0: All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap that section up. Uh, we welcome any and all uh, discussions about Antonio Conte and the players, uh, so feel free to hit us up in all the normal ways on social media and email as well. Uh, but real quick, uh, the Away and Third Kits are on sale at World Soccer Shop, so uh, we recommend getting one. Uh, and use our promo code, LondonPod, for an extra 10%. That'll cover uh, shipping and it could cover customization, whatever it is you want to do. Um, but it is a great time to get your hands on the the white and camo black kits at this point. Um, I know that uh, when you get them all printed up, especially the third kit, uh, my personal favorite of those two. Um, just make sure to hit us up with a picture and let us know. Tag us in World Soccer Shop. We would love it. Um, but, gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this this juicy long podcast with our West Brom match preview. It will be a Premier League match at Stamford Bridge this coming Monday. Back-to-back Monday matches. Uh, this one will be February 12th. My brother, all right, he's a Man United fan, sent me this tweet boo. earlier today. from. Where did your parents go wrong, Brandon? Boo, Boo this man. <laughs> they let us, you know, have a little bit of free will in our lives. Obviously, you know that didn't work out for both of a us ter-
1: a terrible idea off BBC
0: sport <laughs> tweeted West Brom up next for Antonio Conte dot 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 two previous Chelsea managers among several others outside of Chelsea have been sacked after facing the baggies so that that's terrible foreshadowing I'm more worried Nick about the fact that injuries and in and now a Nowa suspension are starting to pile up uh, that puts us with six senior players uh, potentially set to miss this match
2: unless they have uh you know take advantage of the 3 days off to recover. Yep, that's Backeyoko, Pedro, uh out, out with the uh, the red card suspension for one game. So, that's that. Pedro, Marcus Alonso, Christensen, Morata, Barkley, and I would add Willian uh to this list as well because he he just doesn't look right. Uh, maybe the week off will, will get him better. But that's a healthy list, Dan, or an unhealthy list, I should say. Uh,
1: I, as much as you know, we, we've, we've run through the gamut of emotions in this podcast and highs and low, I will say I did chuckle. I don't know if you guys saw it uh, when Simon Johnson tweeted about Chelsea appealing Bakayoko's red card.
2: I have not seen it.
1: Okay, so he he said that uh, Chelsea are appealing Bakyoka's red card to see if they can extend it to a three game suspension. <laughs> so it was great, well, you know, wonderful guest of the show, Simon Johnson and uh, reporter um, Chelsea in bed. So uh, you know, definitely uh, you know some humor there. So it's going to be an interesting game. West Brom have also not had an excellent season so far. Uh, they've really really struggled. Um, you know, two two losses. Uh, you know, or sorry, you know, uh, two losses kind of here in the back end, and uh yeah, some some interesting form. So uh, it'll be uh, really unique to see uh, how well they don't play. I'm sure that they are going to want a little revenge, maybe just a little bit, for letting us go to their home last year and win the championship there and, and destroy their away dressing room with some champagne and Diego Costa insanity. So. And the yeah, that, that's and all. I the got. four
0: nothing thrashing on the the other fixture earlier this season, but it's a different manager now. It's Pards. Pards is back, and he's kind of at Chelsea's number a little bit. So um, obviously, West Brom are in twentieth out of twenty right now. They have lost three of their last five, with a win and a draw as well. I mean, guys, like this is no. Um, Watford in 11th place. This is no Bournemouth who are now up to 9th place. This is 20th place West Brom like I don't as much as I Would hate to see it if Chelsea do not get a result against the team in last place after losing the previous two matches I don't see Antonio Conte being in charge after that match. It's just it's too much for the board and the club to take um that being said, Chelsea should be able to go out and do the business against West Brom. They did pick up Sturge on loan. um, so maybe he, you know, another former Chelsea player scoring against us. But overall, Nick, we should be able to wipe our hands at the end of this match, take our three points, and start the road to recovery.
2: yeah, I, I'm excited for this uh, match to be at home. Uh, obviously, I think the home fans will be. In uh, in loud voice, uh, supporting the the club and the manager, um, so that that'll be awesome. Uh, we know a lot of these guys now, and and are excited to, uh, to see the atmosphere. Uh, I, I would, if I had a suggestion for Antonio Conte, uh, which I know he's an avid listener of the show, um, it, it would be to go to, a it be fort- to work. Yes, work, 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 work. Um, it would be to go to a four-three-three. I think I think this team needs stability. Um, it's clear that Emerson, uh, you know, isn't might not be ready to start. Zanpacosta has been abject. Moses has been abject. Um, you know, maybe we get Emerson in or, or or figure out a way to get Alonzo at left back. Uh, but I'd go a flat four across the back with with Aspie. Uh, with uh, Luis with Rudiger, and and with Alonso, um, and then figure out the midfield. You know, probably add Fabregas in from the start. Uh, get Giroud in for a full match at home. I think that's a really good place for him to get his first start, and uh, and see what can happen, man. Um, you know, Callum Hudson Adoy could uh, could see some action here uh, with the injuries to Pedro and William that would be welcome uh, as well. So that would be my solution. Now, I'm not a manager, but it sounds pretty damn good from out here. All right. Well,
0: on that note, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up, gentlemen. Uh, you know, as always, Chelsea fans, you need to pay attention. Uh, Chelsea play on Monday again. Uh, so a little bit of a break in there, um, a little bit different. Uh, mid, You know, midday matches for us in the U.S. are always much more of a pain Um, but I think I would trade that for a little bit extra rest in this situation. So make sure to uh, get your meeting scheduled. You got plenty of time, almost a whole week heads up to do it. Um, and then we'll hopefully be back after that with some good news and, uh, Antonio is still in charge. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.
2: If you don't want the conversation to stop. Make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes or donate on patreon.com. The London is Blue podcast presented by worldsoccershop.com.